0: And and so let's break it down. If I could see what God sees, mm-hmm. then I would always do what God says. When it comes to temptation, there is always more at stake than what we think in the moment.
1: Than what you can see, yeah, you're just looking at whatever that immediate temptation is right in front of you, not all the ripple, not all the effects and consequences and all of that.
0: Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and
1: people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Sitting here with Chad, we are talking through the book of Mark and the experience of. Uh, Jesus and really Peter's account through uh, Mark's recording this of Jesus's life, and we're at the very early stages of of the mi- ministry of Jesus, kind of the the launch of it. We've had the baptism, and then right away we're we're off into the desert for temptation. Uh, what is? Because it seems like there's this beautiful moment, Chad, where. Okay, God's kind of given his endorsement seal. This is the ministry. John the Baptist has said, Hey, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Follow him. I'm stepping back. He's stepping in. And instead of like going onto this stage and has this big, you know, I'm going to gather this crowd, the Holy Spirit leads him off into the wilderness by himself. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. So uh, just kind of a quick overview.
0: So uh, we are walking through the book of Mark and we're actually spending like, Seven
1: weeks in the first two chapters
0: mm-hmm. but then we're gonna do the next seven weeks we're gonna kind of fly through yeah as, so it, so real quick just Easter.
1: to plug this on the Sun Valley app if you don't have the Sun Valley app there's a reading plan so if you're the kind of person who's like well I, I don't want to miss out on any of these verses or chapters do the reading plan uh, you can get caught up pretty quickly on it yeah. and, and we're going through mark in the Sun Valley app and you can read that daily daily readings in there uh, for all the type A's who are like wait. You mean we're going to skip a couple verses? Yeah. So yeah. So quick, quick commercial. And
0: I, I've wondered too. Are, you know, maybe do I want to? Do we want to come back to the middle of Mark and cover what we didn't cover? Uh, maybe a couple of series from now. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much there, right? Uh, but I really tried to focus on uh, how I felt the Holy Spirit was leading us, and 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 we'll we'll get the book done. Uh, but that second part will be more of a survey. Yeah. But we're camping out a lot in the first two chapters just because there's so much there. And to your point, it's uh, Jesus's baptism, and then immediately he's, he's in the wilderness. And what's so odd about that, right, is um, our, our verse that we're memorizing uh, is Mark 1.11. Uh, a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved—you uh, are my son, whom I love— uh, in you, I am well pleased, and so, so there's really special kind of encouragement, mm-hmm. right, of the Trinity with with Jesus. You you see that picture, and then uh, yeah, off to the wilderness to be tempted, um, which is which is so strange. Um, I've I've looked at that and I I've studied it, and um, what what you have there is uh. 40 days of prayer and fasting, the Bible says. Mm -hmm. There's more details in in the other Gospels. Uh, And then really the devil comes along and offers Jesus three wishes.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, I want to pause real quick because I think sometimes we look at this account and it looks like maybe the opposite of what's actually happening because you look at, okay, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness, into the desert. There's this time of fasting and it... From my perspective, I might look at that and go, okay, it looks like the Holy Spirit is weakening Jesus leading into this temptation because now he's hungry. You know, now you, you have that, like, all, all those those desires and longings, and now you're going to have these temptations, right, to meet some of these needs in an in illegitimate way. Um, but it's actually a time of strengthening. It's actually a time of prepar- preparation.
0: Yeah. What you have um, in the ministry of Jesus— and the Jewish writers of the Gospels are are making these connections, so in the Old Testament, before uh, the law is delivered, so Moses goes up on the mountain uh, there's forty days of fasting
1: mm-hmm.
0: right and so now grace is about to be delivered, and it 's Jesus, not Moses, Jesus is the better Moses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's 40 days of fasting. Mm-hmm. And so what Mark's doing is he's uh, too, He's making those connections. Yeah, uh, There's a new thing. There's a new covenant, just as Moses was 40 days of preparation and brought us the law. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is 40 days of preparation and he's gonna usher in grace. And
1: you see that number throughout scripture. That 40 is, is typically, that, that means a time of preparation. You have yeah. 40 years in the desert. That's kind of the, hey, there was a generation that was grumbling, whatever. And God's like, all right, I'm gonna wait for this generation to die off, prepare you to enter into the promise land. So you see that 40 years, you see that 40 days. And so you see that 40 repeated again and again throughout scripture. And so that's what's happening now with Jesus. You have these 40 days of preparation.
0: Yeah. And of course, you're thinking 40 days of fasting, right? Most of us can't go four hours, mm-hmm. right? We need a snack. Um, let t- Let's talk about fasting a little bit yeah, because that is Uh, something most people do not practice. Of
1: all the spiritual disciplines, I'm going to confess something on the podcast right now, of all the spiritual disciplines, because there's, you know, Richard Foster wrote a book on celebration of disciplines. There's corporate, there's private, there's all kinds of different disciplines that that we can do to help us connect with God, different things that have been proven throughout time. This is one that I struggle with personally, because I'm like, how long are we going without a meal? Like, like, and and the times that I've done it for me, it is just so like contrary to my routines and all of that, and it's 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 a challenge for me personally.
0: Well, it sucks. It's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just to be really, really blunt, um, I would say this about fasting. Uh, I hate fasting, but I love what fasting does in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I hate the process, but I I I really like the fruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. What fasting does—I'll I'll give a quick little mini-sermon on mm-hmm. fasting. What fasting does is fasting focuses. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it focuses you uh, in God's direction. Um, what, what's interesting is, so um, I've, I've done some short fasts and I've done some more extended fasts. And um, there's something about it that, for lack of a better way to put it, it, it slows things down. Uh, and gives you the ability to focus in, in ways that, that you don't normally. So as you skip meals, as you get hungry, there's something that happens in your mind. And it's actually really healthy for you. Um, cells are renewed, those kinds of things, uh, especially if you just do a water fast. Uh, but it but it, it's kind of slows things down. And it, and it kind kind of brings life to the forefront again, mm-hmm. right? Because you're setting aside the sustenance that you have to have to give you life. And so it kind of helps you focus on life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's as simple as that. Fasting focuses. Um, I, I, would, I would say it's kind of like, so um, I've used this example before, but when I go on a vacation with my wife, uh, I'm focused on her mm-hmm. in a way that I'm not when we're just at home mm-hmm. living our busy lives. Yep. And so I'll sit there across the table from her at a restaurant on the beach, right? And I see her. And I'm reminded again, oh, that's my wife, that's why I love her you yeah. know and I, it's 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 that time together um same thing with God, fasting focuses it's almost like a vacation with God, and so I'm going to separate myself from these things now, so I when can you
1: focus on this thing now, when you say that vacation with your wife sounds a whole lot more fun than vacation with God, vacation with your wife, <laughs> you're going to some restaurant somewhere, vacation with God, you're just not eating anything, yeah, uh, unpack that a little bit. Well, again, it's it's about focus and it's about intimacy. So, do you set aside that time that you would typically be eating, and that's like prayer time with God? What what's kind of your routine if you're going through a through a fast?
0: Well, if I'm doing if I'm doing an extended fast, mm-hmm. which when I say that I I mean more than
1: three days. So we're not
0: necessarily talking forty days.
1: No, I've, I've never done forty. <laughs> but we're days. talking the, okay. The
0: longest fast I've done is eleven days, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm not recommending that to anybody that was something that I felt like the Lord led me to the only time I followed through with the fast is when I felt really really convicted to fast mm-hmm. so let me say that too there's been a few times I'm like oh I'm going to practice this discipline no it, <laughs> something's happening in my mm-hmm. life I'm wanting a breakthrough I'm mm-hmm. wanting a word from God I'm wanting some kind of deliverance Yeah. and when I'm praying and I believe the Spirit saying uh, you're going to need to fast to have that experience
1: and Jesus identifies there's times where the disciples are like, hey, we were praying and this nothing happened here with this, you know, demonic force and yada, yada. And Jesus shows up and he goes, yeah, that, that one's only by prayer and fasting. Yeah, And and so there are some times that do call for fasting when it comes to our spiritual journey and different battles and whatnot.
0: And the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about why, frankly, because mm-hmm. I've studied it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just know from practicing it, it focuses me. Mm-hmm. If you do an extended fast, uh, the first three days are the hardest. And then there's something that happens on the third day. Um, And even people who fast, not for religious reasons, but for health reasons, there's something about the third day that it just switches and Mm -hmm. you're really not hungry anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your body – uh, switches into ketosis, you're burning fat, your mind gets clearer, you don't need as much sleep. Of course, you can only do that for a period of time. Yeah. Uh, but spiritually, there's something about fasting that's unique. It's a little bit of a mystery. I can't tell you what it is other than from experience. I know fasting focuses me. I know I've experienced spiritual breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I know I've come out of depression through fasting. I know that I've got um, an answer to prayer, meaning um, I was in a situation I needed help and God delivered. hmm me out of that during the time of fasting. So I've had those experiences. Yeah, But it, it is a mystery. So if you're like, you know, biblically, when, I think it focuses you. I think you're hungering for God. Mm-hmm. I, I think you're um, very uh, intense in your prayer time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, again, it's like a vacation with God. It's like intimacy with God. More, more than I want food, uh, more than I want personal comfort, more than I want any of that God I want you, yeah um and, and let me add this: fasting is not forcing God to do anything, yeah, I'm talking about deliverance it's not that uh, fasting's about focus and tuning in with what God wants mm-hmm.
1: um. And, I, and, I would, and
0: surrendering yourself to that.
1: Yeah, in many ways you're setting aside the physical for the spiritual. You yeah. you you're almost creating a, a division there of going, yeah, okay, I'm a physical being, yes, but I'm also a spiritual being. And so in this season in this moment, I'm focusing on the spiritual and I'm kind of setting aside some of that physical. Uh, nothing says
0: love like a freely submissive will, right? And so I'm 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 literally surrender, surrendering this really important thing. Yep. Uh because Jesus is the bread of life. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because Jesus is my sustenance, and I'm just taking some time to really, really go
1: there. Um, yeah. Okay. So one of the most understated statements in the Gospels, 40 days of fasting, and it says Jesus was hungry. And he was. And so Here we go. And now Satan is allowed in this situation, and I don't there, – there are things in Scripture I'm like, how how come like in the book of Job – Satan and God are having this conversation and there's almost this thing about Job and kind of and now now you have Satan's in the picture why is Satan given even the the position the the ability to to have this conversation I I don't totally understand it, other than I get theologically Jesus needed to be tempted because he's the better Adam, right? Adam was tempted and he failed. Yeah, the Bible calls Jesus the second
0: Adam, and so now you have
1: Jesus facing this temptation. He's not gonna, he's not gonna fail, which is why he could be a sacrifice in her place and and all. So I get theologically, but it's just like okay. so you have this moment now. Satan's there, and he's tempting Jesus. Well, you have to remember, Satan and Jesus know each other. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they, they've spoken before. Yeah, right. Uh, it's just now Jesus is incarnate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's made flesh, and the three temptations. And we don't get this list in Mark. We get this in one of the other Gospels, but they're all the three wishes that we would wish for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's power, it's it's fame, it's fortune, it's it's those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think that the forty days of fasting is necessary for Jesus to overcome these temptations. Mm-hmm. I think he 's so focused, I think he 's so dialed in uh to what life is really about, yeah because uh we can think about Jesus and his divinity, but in this moment, we have to think about him and his humanity yeah uh, he 's both God and man, which is a mystery, yep uh, fully God, fully man,
1: mm-hmm. right. Um, and in Hebrews, it says he was tempted just as we were. Like, yeah. he, he experienced real, like, do I want to give into this? And, and there's some kind of a desire of, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, yet he didn't sin.
0: Well, let's go a little further with the second Adam thought. Mm-hmm. So what that means is, so Adam blew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't trust God. He didn't submit himself to the will of God. And now all of us are born with a that's right he
1: he represented all of us in that moment uh
0: well it's in our genetic code yep you're a natural born center yep uh i was meeting with uh, a person earlier today here at the office and uh, she was talking about a particular sin and she said you know when i talk to my friend about this sin they say well i was just born that way well we all were uh, i am a natural born center mm-hmm. uh, there are things that i do in my natural self uh that are not according to the will of God. And sometimes people will say, well, God made me that way. We were all born with a sin nature. Mm-hmm. Now, the sin might look different, uh, but we're all born rebellious. Mm-hmm. And that came from Adam, and that came from his disobedience. And I'll give you a little theological bonus. And by the way, that's why Jesus had to be born in the Virgin Mary. Um, we're all natural-born sinners. It's passed down through the dads. Sorry, mm-hmm. but it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so earthly fathers passed down that sin nature. Jesus had a heavenly father. Mm-hmm. So he was not born a natural born sinner. Thus, he's the new Adam. Yep, He's not born with a sin nature, but he's tempted just like us. Mm-hmm. And so he fulfills the law. He lives righteously so that he can give us his spirit and still be worthy in his own flesh to be in the presence of God. So that's a quick theological,
1: theological lesson. Yeah, so, so now yeah. he's facing these temptations, legitimate temptations, just like we would be tempted. Uh, he responds because what, what I find interesting about the temptations of Satan is Satan doesn't come out with these blatant lies. He he comes out with these kind of twisted truths, and he takes scripture Always. and he manipulates it. Always. And it's it's this subtle. Hey, you have this power. Why don't you use it? Hey, you have this. Why don't you leverage it for your own good, for your own gain? And and he's just he's just it's so subtle. And it's so divisive, uh, which I, I think is important for us. When we think of our own lives, if I think about my own life and the temptations that I face, they don't always look like blatant, obvious temptations. Yeah, It's going to look like a subtle twisting. It's going to look like, oh, it's just a, a small compromise. Well, let, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Okay.
0: So the original temptation. Yeah. So if you're unfamiliar with the account, Adam and Eve are the first human beings, they're in a perfect environment. They have the perfect parent. They're only given one rule. Don't eat of that tree. Mm-hmm. Satan comes along, the form of a serpent, so you have a talking snake, which begs the question, a talking snake? Maybe they could communicate with all the animals before the fall. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we will be after when Jesus redeems everything. I don't know. But somehow <laughs> there's communication going on. And here's the subtle temptation, right? Which is not subtle and yet subtle. Um did God really say, uh-huh. well, and they're having this back and forth. Oh, well, he doesn't want you to be like him because this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God knows that if you eat of it, you'll be like him. You'll know both good and evil uh-huh. because at this point, all they knew was good, Adam and Eve, all they know uh-huh. is good. And, and, and there's a naivety to it. Right. Uh-huh. So here's my question to you, Pastor Robert. hmm uh-huh. If they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, will they then have the knowledge of good and evil? Yeah. Okay. So Satan wasn't lying about that.
1: Yeah. So where's the lie? Yeah. The God Did God really say it's the question of God's character? Uh, even there, you see this subtle little thing too, where God says, hey, if you eat of that, the result of that is death. Like God tells them the why, but he doesn't just give a rule just to see if they like... You know, it's like the old experiment with the marshmallow in front of the kid just to see what they do. You know, <laughs> hey, if you wait, we'll give you a second marshmallow. It wasn't just some weird experiment. He says, no, there's there's a a consequence to that. If you eat of that, you will die. You will experience death as a consequence. And so God's protecting them. And then even that, Satan, you know, the, the conversation between Eve and, and Satan, it's like, well, yeah, if you touch it, you'll die. Well, that's not even what God said. Like yeah. even that was a subtle twisting. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's the calling into question, the heart. The character, the motive of God, and then going, hey, he's actually holding out on you. Um, can that's God the lie. be trusted? Yep. That that is the original lie. And the original temptation is, I kinda wanna be God. Yeah. I, I wanna I wanna have all the the rights and experiences and power and authority and whatever it is, which is the temptation we have today. And <laughs> and and it is the same thing today in every area. It's can I really trust God? With my sexuality, with my finances, with my parenting, with my relationships, with you pick the category of life. Can I, can God really be trusted in this area or do I want to be God? It's the same temptation. Well, let's put this together. Yeah.
0: So first temptation is in a beautiful garden. Mm-hmm. First Adam. Second Adam is tempted in the barren wilderness without food. Yeah. Right. Right. God's much harder on the second Adam. Yeah. First temptation was in the Garden of Eden. Second Adam, it's the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. One is, don't eat it or surely die. The second is, if you follow me, you will surely die. Yeah. I mean, what Jesus does as the second Adam is so much more profound mm-hmm. in the way that he freely surrenders his will uh, to an almighty to an Almighty God, the temptation on the second Adam is much greater yeah. than the first Adam.
1: Yeah, you have paradise; we choose death, mm-hmm. and now you have essentially facing death. And and He provides paradise. There's this beautiful like mirror image mm-hmm. of. It. And by the way, if you haven't studied the Bible, all throughout it, these mirrors that you can almost hold up to each other, and it's this, it's this beautiful picture, and you realize, okay. Mankind didn't come up with the Bible. This wasn't just some guys sitting mm-hmm. around going, oh, let's come up with a creative story. Uh, it is divine, and it is thousands of years in the making. It is the most beautiful picture of the redemption of mankind, and it's a, it's a love story of God loving his people that he created. And anyhow, uh, yeah. so you have this, this parallel.
0: In Hebrews, it says, uh, first came the shadow and then came the light. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you get the shadow first. And that's the Old Testament, and then you see the light of who God really is in the person of Jesus, yeah. and then you can see clearly.
1: So with with Jesus now, so you you mentioned all the theological significance. So yeah. now he can offer his righteousness. Now his sacrifice does atone for it, covers it, it pays the penalty of our sin. He also now provides a way for us to to live free of giving in. We don't have to give into temptation anymore. There's new life. There's new power provided to us so that when we do face temptations throughout our lives, now we've been given the the power and the example by Jesus to overcome. So how do we do that? Well, the heart of all temptation is, can God be trusted? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we say at Sun Valley, I learned this
0: from another pastor, actually, if we could see what God sees, we would always do what God says. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is Jesus in his weakest moment, the second Adam, is given three wishes. And the devil takes him up. Hi, I'll give you this. The devil offers him different things. Uh, and, and a couple of the things aren't even necessarily wrong. They're just wrong in that moment. Mm-hmm. And every time Jesus wins with scripture, mm-hmm. Satan tries to twist scripture. Yep. Jesus gets it right. Uh, but really, Jesus wins with uh, surrendering his will. Mm-hmm. to the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. And you see Jesus do that all the way through his life, all the way to that second garden, the garden of Gethsemane, all the way, all the way to the cross. And, and so let's break it down. If I could see what God sees, mm-hmm. then I would always do what God says. When it comes to temptation, there is always more at stake than what we think in the moment.
1: Then what you can see, yeah, you're just looking at whatever that immediate temptation is right in front of you, not all the ripple, not all the effects and consequences and all of that.
0: Yeah. And and
1: what Jesus does
0: is he is he talks to Satan, he uses scripture, but Jesus is keeping in mind the big picture mm-hmm. uh that there's always more at stake than just this moment. There's and always- Never
1: more has there been more at stake than there was in that moment.
0: Well it's the salvation of mankind Correct. at stake, right? But but there's more at stake than just how I feel. Mm-hmm. You know? Um I think you and I have talked about this before, uh if not on the podcast personally. I mean, there are certain moments of temptation where God doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Like He's totally irrelevant. All that exists is my lust, my want, mm-hmm. my greed, whatever. And so, in those moments,
1: meaning we, you get so focused in on whatever that thing it's is, the you only forget thing that matters. Yeah, you forget about all the other things that. Yeah, I, I believe in this. I know <laughs> this. Uh, for whatever reason, that just kind of melts away, and here this temptation has got all your attention.
0: Because in your mind and your heart, this is this is everything you've been longing mm-hmm. for. Right. Um, And so what you have to do is you have to bring God back into focus. Yeah. Because suddenly you start to see things the way he sees them. And there's much more at stake than just this moment. Right. We did a series one time years ago and, uh, you know we said well, you, you will not steal my future you mm-hmm. will not steal my family you will not steal my faith
1: because that's what's at stake
0: yeah and we would talk to temptation you will not steal my future you mm-hmm. will not steal my family you
1: will not steal my faith there's future always... meaning yeah whatever that temptation is there there's ripples to that there are consequences there are natural consequences, consequences to everything yeah and and faith people don't Typically, sit in a room and just start reasoning their way away from God. Again, this is something I've heard another pastor say. They, they behave their way away. Behavior it, affects belief. Yeah. And, and so it, it robs you of faith. And then it also affects your relationships. Satan's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his goal. That's his end game. And specifically, that's in the realm of relationships. And your yeah. closest relationship, being your family, uh, he wants to rob you of that. And, yeah. and given into that temptation will affect those relationships. Well, behavior and belief. Let's go with that one mm-hmm. here for a second.
0: Sometimes it's really inconvenient to believe in God. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really inconvenient uh, to be a follower of Jesus. Um, This idea that being a follower of Jesus is easy and turn that frown upside down and you give him $10, he'll give you a thousand. All that's a load of crap. Uh, Following Jesus means you take up your cross and you follow him. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be thousands of inconvenient moments when you're going to have to decide who the king of your life is. Mm Um, And so Jesus, in this moment, the king of his life is the father, and he realizes there's more at stake than just his hunger in the moment Mm -hmm. or just that reward, right? And he submits his will to the father and he passes the test and he does that with scripture and he does that with seeing truth. And he really does that from getting a balcony view of the situation. That's Mm -hmm. why the word of God is so important because it helps me see what God sees. And uh, he passes the test and his ministry begins.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm excited. We'll continue talking about this on the next podcast as he launches into his ministry and, and what is that that path of this new kingdom ushered into this this world. We'll be talking more about that next week. Uh, if this has been helpful, you want to share it, share it, like, all that good stuff. Uh, if you haven't already done that, you can follow us and, uh, and we'll continue the conversation next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never
0: miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.